The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Thanks for tuning in, joining us on the Full Court Press. Here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming online, 106.9thefan.com. Ajay continues to be sequestered in an undisclosed location. Hang out with Reggie, my main man, Monkey, Roxy, Wamby. Yeah, we're kicking it. Hey, uh, it was an interesting NFL weekend. We'll get into some of those things, but uh, some of the interesting games that happened, but pretty good weekend for USU football players in the NFL. Ajay, uh, Nevin Lawson. Led the, the Raiders in tackles. Kyler Fackrell had a pick six. Bobby Wagner, 14 tackles on Sunday night football with a, really a, a critical fourth down stop against the Minnesota Vikings. So a good weekend for NFL, uh, former Aggies in the NFL. Yeah, that's awesome. Really, really awesome to see these guys. Uh, see these- these former Aggies succeed the way they are, and uh, the Fackrell pick six was awesome. Got to see highlights of that, which was really, really fun to see. So uh, good for them, and uh, again, more Aggies are on the way. Uh, Nevin Lawson watching him play against Kansas City was really good yesterday, uh, especially against the loaded uh, crop of uh, receivers from Kansas City. I thought he, he held his own against them. Hey, by the way, just a quick update. Tampa Bay is up 4-1 here in the top of the ninth. Eric, bases are loaded with nobody out for the Houston Astros. Uh-oh. This is, uh, and by the way, Mr. George Springer himself is up. Uh, in fact, he is just grounded into a 4-3 double play, a run does score. But now there's two out, 4-2 ball game with uh, men on the corners first and third. Ooh, juicy. So this game's not over yet by any means. Uh yeah no but again I again I it's it's fun to see these Aggies did, have you seen the fact real pick six yet? No I haven't. Oh dude you got to watch that man that thing is cool. Fakro is just like in the right place at the right time. Uh and and credit to him he's alert and awake alert and awake and uh, makes a great play. Um and uh, and is able to take it back to the house. I wasn't sure he was gonna make it back. I thought he was running out of gas. Ends up uh, hit the Beano score. I think he hit the pylon is what they called. And uh, ends up scoring it. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was really, really cool to see. And, again, so good to see Nevin Lawson out there just dominating the way he is. He hasn't changed one bit. He's still the aggressive, physical, defensive back that we always remember at Utah State. Yeah, fun to see him on a roster again. Uh, He had some injury issues that, that took him out of it a little bit. Um, but uh, but he was back and he he played well. In fact, you know what, Ajay, we've been able to uncover through our resources here at the Cash Valley Media Group the audio from Kyler Fackrell's pick six, forty six yard touchdown return for the Giants yesterday. Oh, sweet! So it'll be second and eight for the Cowboys as Prescott works over center. Play fake to Elliott, back to throw. You just check it down to Elliott, intercepted by Fackrell. Went off the hands of Elliott. Fackrell down the right sideline. He's to the 20, 15, 10, breaks right to the 5, dives for the pylon. Is he in? Touchdown, Giants! Kyler Fackrell took the deflected ball and returned it for a giant touchdown. 
How cool is that? That awesome. gave me chills. That's awesome. You, I don't know how you guys found that, but that's awesome. <laughs> that's that is cool. very cool. So that's from the play-by-play -play from WFAN. Uh, in the, oh, in the, oh, that's cool! You guys found that. Uh, Jose Altuve just walked. So, and by the way, I said man on the corners. I was wrong. There's a man on third. Now there's men on the corners. Altuve again just walked on a four straight pitches. So Nick Anderson again is in a jam with men on the corners here, top of the ninth, two out, and uh, trying to close this thing out so the Rays can move up 2-0 in this best of seven series. Ooh. We need to get you a TV in there. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm bringing a TV in. And we're gonna freaking take care of this problem because I ain't, I ain't dealing with this. Well, well, you've got all the TV you can handle right now in your undisclosed location. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that. Uh, coming up here in uh, about less than ten minutes, we're gonna call out our um, bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview Football Broadcast on Friday. So stay tuned for that coming up. If you remember what it was, four three five seven five two. 1069 to call in and let us know uh, what it was and uh, we'll make sure you get that uh, four loaves of bread um, <laughs> by the way we got, we got a text from 9315 as a fan mm -hmm. you got to be careful what you do they sure are overhyped BYU now they are eating crow I wouldn't say they're eating crow they're still undefeated now granted I look, I'm not a BYU fan at all but, I mean, and they haven't played the, the hottest of schedules. This Houston team's going to really, we're going to find out how good BYU is. I know Houston hasn't played a whole lot, one game, really, to be specific. But they're pretty darn good. they got an offense that can lock and load and get going really quickly if you're not careful. Uh, this is going to be a challenge for BYU. And, again, it just takes, for BYU, Eric, it takes one loss to shut the national championship talk up. One loss. That's all it takes. Yeah, it'll come. It may come as as quickly as Friday. Yeah, and if it doesn't come Friday, I've got Boise State. At Boise State, by the way, i got Boise State winning that one in a walkway. I just, there's no way. I think Boise State's so talented uh, on both sides of the ball, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, where they're going to give Zach Wilson a lot of trouble. I don't see BYU getting out of there with a win. You know what's curious about Boise State in the AP Top 25 College Football Poll? Boise State's not getting any votes. Uh, Air Force is getting uh, 11. Um, they're, so they're the only team from the Mountain West receiving uh, any attention. Uh, by the way, Houston is getting five, uh, BYU's next opponent. Uh, but in the coaches' poll, it's a very different story. Uh, Boise State is uh, getting 36 votes. Uh, Air Force is getting 13 um, and Houston is getting seven, so it's a very different story in the coaches and the uh, and the AP. Of course, there's a lot of teams who haven't played a game yet, and they're still in the top ten. So there's a lot of silliness going on with the way polls work this year, different than normal. Yeah, it's always fun. Again, you have teams in there who haven't even played a game yet. Uh, another quick update for you: Nick Anderson has now thrown eight straight balls and has walked the bases loaded. <laughs> so here we are with the bases loaded, and we got a uh, we got a deep ball to the right center. It's going to be caught, and that will do it. Tampa Bay is going to win this game. They're going to go up 2-0 in the series. Ooh, now, uh, game three, yeah, a yeah, huge bullet. Game three comes up in two days, I believe, Eric, if I'm not mistaken. Do they have a day off tomorrow, or do they got to play three straight days? 
So they do play tomorrow. Jeez. Yeah, there's, there are no travel days, so that, that's what's so tricky about how you man, or manage your uh, your bullpen and your and your pitching staff. There are no <laughs> travel days. There are very few rest days. Wow. So, again, your final score, Tampa Bay 4, Houston 2. Even though Houston out-hit Tampa Bay 10-4, to they had those two wears. Uh, one of them came back to cost them. Uh, then they had that first inning where they probably should have had three runs, uh, should have Houston, and uh, couldn't cash in. So, uh, again, uh, Houston out down 2-0 in this series. Boy, I didn't see this coming. I'm not going to lie to you. Houston had 10 hits in this game and only could manage two runs out of it. By contrast, uh, Tampa had four hits and four runs. But they've also played error-free, so that helped them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's more just clutch hitting, right? It's about when to get those hits. And by the way, the defense for for Tampa Bay was absolutely spectacular. The third baseman, I don't even know who the frick the third baseman is. He made Wendell? four plays. Wendell, thank you. Made four plays of diving to his left and snagging a ball. He saved at least three runs. He saved at least five hits. And, uh, man, he that defense for the race has been sparkling. Uh, this playoffs thus far, it has been wonderful. Uh, yeah, impressive win for Tampa Bay. This uh, this team is much better than I thought they were. Yeah, uh, well, like you said, that that defense is what seems to stand out to me um, a lot with this Tampa team and how well they're able to, to to get to positions quickly to to keep guys on base or to prevent them from advancing and even pick guys off. So uh, it's a it, it's a, that's a really fun team to watch. Tampa. Yeah. And who's the guy who ran into the uh, right field, uh, like the barrier, the right field barrier, and flipped over and made this spectacular? Like Margo, I think it was, who made this spectacular catch in right field. I mean, he drilled that thing too. <laughs> he still came up with the ball. Just, I mean, an impressive defensive display the last two nights from the Tampa Bay Rays. And now, Eric, we go into our third day of baseball coming up uh, for both these teams, and. Uh, and it was Margo, by the way, who made that great play. Yeah, but Margo uh, had the big hit uh, in the first inning to get things started. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Good point. Big home run. Uh, you know, and it's just, and I mean, and now it's just, you know, who has who has uh, less fatigue and who can have more stamina, right? Especially in the bullpen. And if if you ask me, I, I think the Rays are going to be okay in this regard. And they haven't had to use too much of the bullpen. They've been pretty smart with how they've used it. I know they were milked after the first series with the Yankees. But I think they've got, you know, I think they kind of go back to the normal schedule. So, uh, should be good tomorrow. Again, can't wait for that one. Uh, so, that game has gone final. The Tampa Bay Rays lead the series 2 to nothing, And then the Braves and Dodgers game one in that series is coming up in uh, about uh, a little less than an hour from now. A little after 6 o'clock on Fox. So, uh, and then that, that should be a fun series, too. you got two great offenses squaring off against each other. Uh, and just uh, who's going to be able to produce enough offense and which which team's uh, pitching staff is going to be able to try to limit some of that offense from the other team. Yeah. I think the Dodgers well, and, and, and then it's all about runners and scoring line, position. What's that? Yeah, and it's and, and sorry, it's all about runners and scoring position as well, right? We've right. seen this, like, I mean, we saw in the yankees race series. We saw in the A's-Houston uh, series. We saw in the uh, in the Cubs Marlins series. To be honest with you, runners in scoring position. If you can't, 
Um, if you can't get key hits with, especially runners in scoring position, second and third, with no out, you should score both those guys. Runners in scoring position with one out, you should score one of those guys. Runners in scoring position with two out, you hope to get one that is a bonus. And, and, and the Houston Astros just have not been able to get that hit. Altuve was horrendous today. He was bad yesterday. The top of that order has been really bad. Something that they relied on a lot last year during their postseason run. Uh, it's going to have to get fixed soon, or else this team's going to get swept out of the playoffs and be done. 11 runners left on base for Houston today. Holy cow, Eric. Uh, yesterday as well. They're just struggling to get guys uh, through and all the way home. So, uh, if that doesn't get fixed, this could be a very short series for Tampa. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's the way Tampa would like it. Get as much rest as possible because we don't know how long this series with the Dodgers and Braves is going to go. Yeah, it's true. Uh, very true. Uh, and there are no rest days. So if you're any of these teams, you want to try to get through your series as quickly as possible to give your pitching staff a little bit of rest before the next series uh, in the World Series begins. Um yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Already the uh, Rays up 2 nothing in their series. Uh, Are you surprised by that, Eric? Um, not necessarily. Uh, I-, I thought that the Rays would be the better team. Um, but, so, I I think that the Rays will still win. I, I predicted that they would win going into it. Um, so, I don't-, I don't know that I'm totally surprised that they're up 2 nothing. Maybe I'm a little surprised that Houston has left so many guys on base. Um, hmm. I mean, it's been close. It's been a good series. I mean, each game has been close to dramatics down to the wire. So uh, it's been a fun series so far. Yeah, it has. Um, what, give me a prediction for Braves-Dodgers. What did you have it in again? Um, I've got Dodgers, Dodgers in – actually, going to go Dodgers in five. Oh, jeez. Okay. Calm down. Uh, I've got the Braves in seven. Wow, okay. I just, this Dodgers team, I think they're on a mission. Um, they're they're super deep. Um, super, I mean, just they have been there, and they know the sour taste of getting to the, the World Series and not coming away with the hardware. And they just seem motivated to get it done this year. They've been so good all year long. And they've been really good in this postseason. So uh, there's nothing that tells me that the Dodgers can be knocked off their pedestal as of yet. Yeah, you're just a hater. <laughs> if I were a hater, I would not like the, picking the Dodgers. <laughs> hey, AJ, we need to do this. We got to call a timeout on the on the baseball discussion and do a call out for the oh yes bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview at Bear River football game on Friday night, which you heard here on 106.9 The Fan as uh, Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis called the game over in Garland Friday night. The, If you recall listening to the game, they called it out, and then they talked about it again at the end of the game, the bread-and-butter play of the game. If you know what it was, call us right now, 435-752-1069. Again, that's 435-752-1069. And if you get it right, we'll get you four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. So we'll do that. And when we come back on the other side, we'll also hear from Bodie Reeder, the offensive coordinator for Utah State, how the offense is going so far for the Aggies. Stay tuned. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press.
Look at Penny. She looks amazing. What's she done? Plastic surgery? <laughs> look at her smile. Why is she smiling like that? It doesn't look normal. What's her secret? There's nothing wrong with Penny. Her husband went to Castellite. He built a beautiful new outdoor patio with pavers, wall block, and a cozy little fire pit. He chose from a huge selection of pavers and got expert help for a do-it-yourselfer. For all your brick, block, rock, paver, and tile needs, go where the pros go. Castellite.com. Great Basin Graphics, like many other companies, are still making it possible for you to utilize their services while still taking the necessary precautions. Please visit GreatBasinGraphics.com or call 753-0295. Great Basin Graphics is happy to work with you via phone or email throughout the entire process, including the initial quote, art, and design and order approval. Curbside pickup, free delivery within 50 miles, or direct ship for additional cost are available. Great Basin Graphics loves working with you and wants to help move things forward during a difficult time. GreatBasinGraphics.com or call 753-0295. The best mornings begin with not that. Okay, that's better. I was going to say the best mornings begin with a magnificent breakfast, like two sausage McMuffin with egg sandwiches for $4. And to drink, get any size premium roast coffee or soft drink, like an icy Dr. Pepper for just a dollar more. In other words, the best mornings begin at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. We all believe our team is the best. Whether you're a bobcat, a wolf, a grizzly, a mustang, or a riverhawk, we can all agree on one thing. Les Olson Company is the best choice for your office technology needs. So if you need to copy it, print it, scan it, or network it, Les Olson Company is there for all of your office technology needs. Just Les Olson it. Visit lesolsonit.com today. Les Olson Company. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Why buy from Daryl's? It's easy. You get a full two-year warranty on all scratch and dent appliances. Apply for interest-free financing. Plus, you always get Daryl's outstanding service with every appliance. Daryl's West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Utah State fall camp has been underway now for a couple of weeks and certainly a lot of questions about what this 2020 season is going to look like for these Aggies after a lot of uncertainty in the offseason. But now we get a chance to find out a little bit more about the offense for this team this year. Bodie Reeder is the offensive coordinator for the Aggies. Coach, thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, First of all, I mean, you were hired to come to Utah State. You were excited to join the Aggies, excited to get things going in spring football, and then... Boom, all this hits, and uh, now all of a sudden you're forced with trying to make a lot of really important decisions about depth and development in a very short amount of time now, now that we're in the fall. Uh, how has that been going so far on your end? Oh, it's been good. You know, um, no one feels sorry for us. Uh, you know, it, that's the, that's the, the unique thing about this, uh, this year is everyone has had the same hurdles to get over, so... Uh, we just had to, uh, you know, adjust on the fly. Obviously, you want a spring ball and, and some summertime to to work with guys and and you know allow them to, you know, 
get get comfortable with the, the the changes that we've made on offense, but didn't have it. So we, uh, like you said, just you got to uh, speed up the process and the time that we have had together. I thought it's been really really good. Um, you know, uh, the, the quarterbacks have been uh, creating those you know relationships with the wide receivers, and you know, because the pass game is a lot of timing and, and you know, specifics and feel and and relationships between those two groups. So just trying to get those guys caught up and then. With the run game, Coach Woods has done a tremendous job with the offensive line, getting them ready to play, and the Coach Schramm with the backs. Uh, you guys are, are running run really well right now. So just uh, you had to adjust and adapt and, and make the best of it. So let's talk about that passing game. Let's start with the, the quarterback position. Uh, Jason Shelley coming from Utah. Uh, how is he fitting in so far with, with the rest of the team? And then I know Peasley uh, is also in the mix. Uh, Coach uh, Anderson has praised his work ethic and that he's been uh, certainly part of the mix as to who that starter could be on, on uh, day one. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, Jason has done uh, done a great job of coming in. And, and number one, he's he's been great in the locker room. And, I, you know, that's always your, your concern when you bring a, a transfer in is how's he going to fit in, how's he going to gel. Well, that transition has been really, really good. And uh, his relationship with wide receivers and tight ends has – has really blossomed here in the last last couple of weeks, and he's taken on more of a leadership role. He's not a not a vocal guy by nature, but he, he understands the importance of being a leader, and and especially at that position. And then Andrew Peasley, he just gets better every day. Uh, he just he just needs to play more football. You know, he had the injury last year that that didn't allow him to practice, and and you know he's just a young guy, and he needs to just play more football and get more and more comfortable. But he is he's really playing good good ball, and it's a good competition right now. Is Jason Shelley going to be the starter? Is he the designated starter as, at this point, or is that still to be determined? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably make that make that decision here uh, very, very quickly. Uh, but uh, they're both getting run with the ones. Um, he, he's getting probably more more share of the ones right now. But uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll make that that decision probably uh, next day or two. But you know, it, it, we really have two two pretty good options. And then who they're throwing it to? Uh, there's a, a lot of wide receivers coming back. Um, but it, there's not, uh, there wasn't a lot of size and, and position type receivers that were back with a lot of experience. So, what does that wide receiver core look like, and how that's developing right now for USU? Well, to to fix the problem with the you know the size and and getting some you know more length and uh, on the outside, we we added Justin McGriff, uh, the, the transfer player from the ASA uh, Miami Junior College, uh, six six, you know, two hundred twenty pounds, so. He's uh, provides that you know what I think Coc had for the offense last year, but he, he gives us a little bit more length. And then Derek Wright did a nice job playing on the outside as well. He's a bigger body, but uh, you know you got guys that can really run now, and that's that's our strength is you know you got Devin Tompkins and Savon Scarver, guys that can really get down the field and they play well in space. And you know guys like Jordan Nathan, uh, he, he really understands the offense, understands space and, and timing. So. Uh, there, there's a, a good crew out there, and, and then you add those tight ends and uh, experienced player like Carson Terrell, and he's a, a tremendous receiving tight end and does a nice job in the passing game. And then I think that uh, people will be happy happy to see what those other tight ends do. You know, Mo Manu and Bryce Mortensen, they they're both uh, capable in the passing game as well. Now, Gary Anderson made it pretty clear in the off season, and when he brought you on board, he was concerned about the, the pace of the offense, how it was going so fast last year, and if if a series didn't work out, his defense didn't get a breather. And we know he's a defensive minded guy; he wants to make sure his defense has enough fuel in the tank to go out and uh, do their best. So, and he's made several comments since then about 
changing the style of offense a little bit to be more ball control, clock control. How is that so far coming along, do you think, for Utah State? Oh, it's good. I mean, the ultimate goal is to play complementary football. You know, all three phases, helping each other uh, to win the football game. And, uh, you know, I think the offense, we understand that. And, and we know we're not going to play slow now. We still, we're still going to have uh, the ability to play fast, and we will play fast. But it just it won't be all the time. Um, you know, when I talk to the players, how I like to uh, reckon it to or compare it to is I, I was a high school basketball player. And, you know, some guys wrestled. But if, if, if you're guarding a basketball player, wrestling a guy that goes the same the whole game, whether that's fast or whether that's slow, your, your body and your mind eventually adjust. So then it's not as shocking. But if you're – Guarding a guy or wrestling guy that will change paces on you, you know, uh, in football, it's huddle, then go fast or, you know, muddle, huddle and, and change that. Then I think it affects the defense more. So we're going to be more of a change of pace uh, offense. But, uh, you know, we'll, we can we can play complimentary football as well. At the same time, we can go fast. And you feel like you've got the personnel to execute that properly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Another part of that question, too, is, is the running situation. Uh, Devontae Henry Cole is another transfer from Utah that's come in. Uh, Jalen Warren, a, a, a back that was doing nice things a year ago, continues to improve. What does that running back situation look like? How are those guys developing? Well, those two, two top guys are, are are really playing good football right now. Um, Jalen had a tremendous scrimmage last week, and, and we call him DHC. Uh, he had a, a really nice day on Friday as well. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're running – running really really hard behind their pads they're understanding uh, their keys and and where to where to take the football but they're being pushed at the same time too we have five guys who we feel like can carry carry the ball in a game and two freshmen uh elian noah and john gentry uh two guys that are new to the program are are really really running the ball well and, and understanding it's just with them it's just making sure that you know ball security is is there and then you know in, in your protection in your pass game that's that's where those freshmen, uh, no matter where they are, what program it is, where they got the the biggest learning curve is. And then we have, uh, you know, Locke Makakona, who who has done a really good job too, running the football and as a physical presence. So we feel like we have depth at that spot, which you're going to need in a year like this. Obviously, with the with the virus and just plain old football injuries, you need depth at tailback, and we feel like we have it. Do you plan on using the the running backs in the in the passing game much? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. They'll they'll. They'll, uh, they'll for sure be a, a, a great resource for the quarterback. Uh, and then I guess the, the last part of the offense to, to discuss is that offensive line. Uh, do you feel settled with positions or guys still maybe being tweaked a little bit about where they'll line up? And there seems to be a lot of experience coming back for this offensive unit. That's uh, a, a positive. Is those, those guys up front have played a lot of football, and they're coached extremely well by, by T.J. Woods. I think for the most part we have it you know, pretty dialed in is what, what we're going to do. Uh, in regards to the the five starters, but there's there's enough depth where the, those guys are getting pushed, and we can have some position flexibility. That you know, some tackles can play guard, some guards can can bump outside. We got a couple different you know guys that can snap it. So uh, the, their biggest strength right now is their versatility and their depth. What do you want to see in the in the next scrimmage uh, that you guys have in these uh, offense against defense? You know, the, the strength against strength. What what are you looking forward to in your next scrimmage that you're going to have at Utah State? Well, last last scrimmage last Friday we ran the ball extremely well. Uh, what was lacking was, was some consistency in the passing game, and what I would like to see our our offense do is to get more consistent uh, throwing the throwing the rock. Um, they you know there's days where they we we light it up okay, and then there's other days we feel like we set football back by uh, just just connecting the dots. And you know part of that is without a spring or a summer. 
these guys haven't played a lot of catch. They haven't thrown a, thrown the ball a whole lot with each other, and especially when you bring in a brand new quarterback. Uh, well, really, both of them, you know, because Peasley didn't 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 play last year. With those two guys and just comfort level and and uh, you know creating that bond with those wide receivers, you know, and uh, just connecting the dots. So I would I would encourage our guys, and I, I will continue to just be more efficient and, and more consistent in the passing game. And you, I guess the last question for me is you see that defense on a regular basis when you're going against them. How does that, uh, the other side look? I know you're, you're paying close attention to how your guys are, are executing, but what, what is that defense looking like as, as they're trying to compete against you as well? I, I think Coach Collins and uh, Coach Miley are doing a great job. The, the benefit of going against a defense like ours is the multiple, you see multiple things. So it's, you're not just practicing the same thing every day. You know, they'll give you some front variations and odd and even front. You know, they'll play some zone and play some man and, and different pressures. So it's really good for our offensive players because you have to be on your toes because they have the ability to, to do several things on defense. But I think that their guys are playing really, really hard. They they uh, search the football out, and, and I think that uh, it's been really, really uh, a blessing for our offense to get a chance to go against the defense every day. Well, Coach, we're excited to see how this continues to develop. We look forward to the day where we can uh, go see what's going on with USU football. Uh, it's uh, quickly approaching as the Aggies have their first game on the road at Boise State later this month. So thanks thanks for your time, and best of luck through the rest of camp. All right, thank you. So there's uh, Bodie Reeder, the offensive coordinator for Utah State University. Uh, game one for the Aggies, October 24th. And, Ajay, uh, for you – Hearing that uh, interview for the first time, what are some of the takeaways that you got from what uh, Bodie Reader had to say about this Utah State offense? Well, how deep our backfield is. I thought, I mean, you're looking at running, you say running back, you think DHC and Jalen Warren, and that's it. And he comes out and says, well, we got five other backs out there pushing these two guys alone. Uh, that makes you excited because the depth back there could be really, really good and yet really, really big. The other thing is, you know, we were hearing about maybe a slower offense, right? A We're going to pound it on the ground. We're going to be physical on the ground. We're going to establish on the ground. And, and, and Coach Reader comes out and says, look, we're, we're still going to play fast, just not as, you know, as much as we did last year. We're going to put our defense in crappy situations. And, uh, and you know, against, like, for example, Air Force last year was a mess. LSU was a mess. And so, uh, you know, just, you know, play no huddle at different times, maybe uh, at, uh, unpredictable times, if you will, and but uh, yet yeah, establishing a run game. That's, those are the two things that really stood out to me. Yeah, similarly, I was impressed to, to hear what he had to say about the running game, about developing depth at the tailback position, that there's some new guys that are pushing uh, the proverbial, you know, who we guess would be the, as the starters. Uh, and I also found it interesting what he had to say about the, the wide receiver position. And the addition of McGriff uh, provides that uh, possession receiver that the Aggies are kind of missing a little bit this year. What we thought they were missing, uh, Wright kind of has that ability as well. But the the experience that's back, the real strength of the wide receiver core is in the speed and understanding where the holes are and getting to those holes. And uh, so that's that's exciting to see how that's developing in that wide receiver core. Yeah, absolutely. Again, this receivers this group is going to be pretty interesting to say the least. I know we got great guys like Savon Scarver, Devin Tompkins, uh, Jordan Nathan's going to be a huge part of that receiving group, right? It's just going to be, uh, you know, who's going to be that one guy, third and long, third and medium, got to have it. I'm going to go to this guy. I'm looking at this guy as my number one target. If he's doubled, then i got to go somewhere else. But, man, this guy's going to make a play for me tonight. 
And uh, who's that guy going to be? Last year it was CLC Mariner. The year before that, it was, geez, who was it, man? Jalen Green, or was it Ron Crady and Tarver? Yeah. Uh, or was it Dax Raymond? And so now they need a guy like that this year. Yeah, uh, and then also uh, I'm encouraged to hear about the, that offensive line, too, that there's depth, there's experience. That's going to be really helpful, when it, it, whether it's going to be Jason Shelley or Andrew Peasley. They're going to need an offensive front that's experienced and knows what they're doing to give them a little bit extra time to uh, you know to make sure they understand what's going on. So uh, that's encouraging to hear that offensive line. I know there was some controversy with the offensive line in the offseason that's been uh, removed from the equation. Uh, so uh, hopefully that uh, continues to work well and that team comes together. I like what he had to say about Jason Shelley. He's been really good building some relationships. Not a real vocal guy, but – yeah, that those relationships between he and, and the and the uh, wide receivers and and the offensive line, as he said, has really blossomed. So uh, th- those are all really encouraging things to hear about Utah State. Yeah, I'm excited about this offense. There's going to be some questions, absolutely as there should be, but I'm excited about the offense. Nine three one five did text in asking, "Hey, is Brody Reader BYU yet? Or I assume not BYU, Boise State." Uh, well, 9315, not a lot of teams have beat Boise State, so it's probably not the best measuring stick to go by. I have to look back on Boise Reader's profile to see where he's been along the way. I don't know that he's had many games against Boise State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to think of where he, what stops along the way where he would have had a game against Boise State. Uh, I'll I don't know if he's had one. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look. I don't know if he's had one. So anyway, if you, you uh, if you miss it, you want to hear it again, we'll have that posted on 1069thefan.com in our podcast feed, our conversation with Bodie Reeder and Utah State offense. All right, uh, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, uh, we need to get into some really big games in the NFL last night and throughout the day. We've touched on a few of those games, but also the NBA championship was won. The NBA season is now finally over, and we'll discuss that championship game with the Lakers Uh, Winning it all last night. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Welcome to Firehouse. Firehouse Pizzeria, now open for dine-in and curbside pickup. Firehouse Pizzeria is Cash Valley's best pizza and dessert. Enjoy that famous stone-fired pizza, pasta, sandwiches, salads, plus mouth-watering fazookies. You know, the perfect warm cookie covered in ice cream, a treat everyone loves. Pizzas, pastas, sandwiches, salads, and more. Experience the stone at Logan's Best Pizza and Pasta. Firehouse Pizzeria. It's about trust, service, safety. The things that have always been at the center of everything we do. It's why at Valvoline Instant Oil Change, our certified technicians complete over 270 hours of training. It's why we provide quality service that's rated 4.6 out of 5 stars. And it's why you never have to leave the safety of your car. So when it's time for a change, we'll be right here, just like we've always been. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Service you can see, experts you can trust. Now open at 695 North Main, Logan. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. October is our anniversary month. We've been helping couples find the perfect rings for over a decade. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary dinner. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring shopping or anniversary shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have over 3,000 rings in stock, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached, no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Sweeto Burrito. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Sweeto is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek. 
temperatures are beginning to drop. And the Old Grist Mill has all your fall favorites ready to go. Traditional fall favorites that make everyone feel warm all over. Famous one-of-a-kind bread, zucchini, pumpkin chocolate chip, pumpkin spice, muffins for every taste, apple, cranberry, almond, blueberry, and more. The perfect lunch with the bread you love, delicious meat, veggies to your liking, a fresh-baked cookie, chips, and a drink. The Old Grist Mill has something for the entire family. Old Grist Mill, now in South Logan, Logan, and Smithville. The Old Grist Mill, here for you. Hi, this is Chad Mangum with White Pine Funeral Services. For over 20 years, I've been serving this community of Cache Valley as a registered nurse and business owner of Home Health Hospice Assisted Living Skilled Nursing and other health care lines. Most recently, my partners and I have acquired the beautiful new funeral home one block south of the Riverwoods Conference Center. White Pine Funeral Services is excited to serve your needs for pre-planning, cremation, and burials. Visit whitepinefunerals.com or call us at 435-709-6800. White Pine Funeral Services, only the best. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Let's see if the Vikings blitz again. They've got four down linemen. They're going to rush four. Russell, look out. He's going to fire inside. Reaching up. Making a catch. Does he hang on? He does. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Seahawks, and it's Metcalf who reaches up and makes the catch. Crossing the field, making the catch in the middle of the end zone. And Russell finds him and throws a dart. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. What a dramatic finish for the Seahawks last night over the uh, Vikings. Controversy before that final drive. The Minnesota Vikings with the ball in field goal range, easy field goal range, fourth in inches, and they decide to go for it. Bobby Wagner played a key role in that uh, fourth down stop. Ajay, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but in the moment, would you have gone for it like the Vikings did? No, it's situational football. Don't outdumb yourself. Like, if you were through field goal range, just kick the field goal and be happy with the points. No need. I mean, there is no excuse to go for it there. Absolutely none. Even Bill Belichick, who's one of the most gambling coaches in the NFL when it comes to fourth and short or fourth and mediums, whether it's on the plus or minus side of the field, he's, I mean, even in that situation, he's not even thinking about it. He's kicking a field goal. See, for me, in the moment, I thought that was a great call. Why? If you get it. I mean, look, Minnesota had control. They were dominating time of possession. Their defense was keeping Seattle at bay. They had some plays that they gave up, and they had kind of a furious rally there, but then they adjusted, and then Minnesota had gained back control. And I thought that Minnesota had control of the game. You, you convert on that. You get into the end zone. And you put it to bed. You don't have any option for them. Granted, obviously didn't happen that way. If you kick the field goal, the least you can do is still be even at uh, in overtime. That was the, probably the better play. But analytics, you know, looking at the, the the decision to play the, to call that play under two minutes to go, that far down on the field, your defense has playing been playing well against Seattle. I thought that was a, a good call, a good play call. And Madison had been playing great as a running back. Uh, he, he, they hadn't accounted for him. He'd had a great night all night. All you, get, all you need is a few inches, uh, about a yard, um, but they weren't able to get it. So in the moment, I thought it was a great call. It was a gutsy call. 
but I liked it. No, I think it's just chasing points. And, and, and don't chase. If you don't need to, don't chase. Kick the field goal. Be happy with what you get. Allow your defense to try to get you a stop. Obviously, that didn't happen. But just, I don't, I don't get that, man. I just don't understand. Take the field goal and, and be happy with what you get. Well, it was a dramatic finish, uh, as you heard there, DJ Metcalf with the catch in the end zone with just about, what was it, 15 seconds to go on a fourth down, no less. Uh, so another dramatic comeback, final game-winning drive uh, by Russell Wilson. Um, so the, the Seahawks, the first team to 5-0 and in the NFL. Uh, Bills have a chance to get there on Tuesday if they can defeat the Titans. Um but uh, the the Cowboys, despite that horrific injury, that bad injury to uh, to Dak, still able to come in and and do enough to secure the victory over the Giants in a close one, thirty-seven to thirty-four. We did hear that the pick six by Kyler Fackrell for the Giants that was exciting for them, but in the end, the Cowboys get the victory um, and uh, they win in a close one. Uh, another game that uh, maybe. But not- hey, really quickly, yeah. Sorry, if I may. Dak Prescott being out for the year is going to hurt him. I know Andy Dalton now gets his chance, but Dak Prescott with that gruesome injury, uh, Andy Dalton now steps in. It's just a different looking offense. I don't know if it helps. I think it just, I mean, there's a reason why Andy Dalton wasn't very successful in Cincinnati. We'll find out if it was really Andy Dalton or if it was Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati. Um, But me thinks that uh, without Dak Prescott, this offense is going to hurt a lot. Uh, One game that, um, you know, the score wasn't really dramatic, and it wasn't like a close down-to-the-wire finish, but it had some drama in it nonetheless. And that was the Rams and Washington. And what was fascinating about that game was Alex Smith taking the field after that, talk about horrific injuries and all the surgeries he had on his leg, to see him come back out on the field and play football. That was special. Uh, and after the, after the game, Alex Smith talked about uh, the standing ovation that he received coming back onto the field. I did get to see my family. Yeah. It was nice, uh, obviously, working out in the sense that, that they let family in for this game. I um, appreciated them being there. I know my, my wife felt better about, about things being here. Uh, certainly, obviously, very cool to have my kids out there. And so, um, yeah, fun. I mean, although in that sense, that was obviously great. But but like I said, it's you're out there to play a game and go play well. And, um, you know, certainly there uh, was, it was tough, tough for most of the second half getting anything going. So yeah, not not a big standing ovation as if you know we see normally circumstances with a lot of fans in the stands, but you know it would have been a standing o uh, if that place was full. Uh, a lot of people cheering on Alex Smith, even though he didn't come away with the win. Yeah, he's your comeback player of the year. I don't care what else happens. I just I don't think it's even close. Uh, I mean, he wasn't. He kind of struggled a little bit. He was 9 of 17, 37 yards. Not a lot of offense for Washington. Uh, the game belonged to the the Rams and how well they did offensively and defensively. But uh, still good to see Alex Smith back out of there in a, in a uniform uh, slinging the ball around. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, again, like you said, not a lot of offense, but it's the guy's first game back. He's just been active. Let's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the experience of him being out in the field, the visual of him being out in the field and, Watching him complete a pass, it's it's something pretty cool. Uh, another week goes by where a totally defeated team has not been able to find a victory, and they still struggle. And so finally their, their management makes their decision to change course 
the Atlanta Falcons uh, part ways with their head coach after losing to the lowly Panthers 23-16. to um, Overdue or premature? Overdue. I mean, you can't blow this many leads consistently. They haven't been the same team since that 28-3 debacle, right, the Super Bowl. They just haven't been there mentally, emotionally. Dan Quinn's lost a little bit of his... Uh, a little bit of his uh, prestige on his uh, on his resume, uh, and they've and they've had some really bad losses to be honest with you, even with blown leads. Um, and this, yeah, this should have happened a while back. And uh, and that's a very sexy job offer, by the way, for anybody who gets offered it. They have a talented roster, much more talented than the record says. They're too talented to be this bad. And uh, I, I just think that you know when. When they start looking for a coach, uh, I know the defense coordinator right now is taking over things, but when they look for a head coach, uh, there's going to be some pretty big names in the bowl trying to get into Atlanta. That's that's a good-looking job. I should I shouldn't bag on the Panthers. They're really not that bad, uh, but uh, still, uh, they they beat the Falcons forty-three to sixteen, and uh, Coach Quinn is out. Uh, Texans they made a change with their coaching staff, and they picked up a win, thirty to fourteen over the Jaguars. So. Um, Deshaun Watson. The Jaguars suck, though, dude. Deshaun Watson throws for almost 360 yards and three touchdowns. Uh-huh. They had a field day. But yes, yeah, you see what happens when you actually let Deshaun Watson play football? It's pretty cool. Uh, perhaps per- one of the more uh, surprising games for me were to see the Dolphins beat the 49ers the way they did. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was really, really, really bad in so much that he got pulled at halftime. Uh, that's that's a situation they're going to need to monitor of, of of what to do there. You know, it's it's, and I was one of them, Eric. As a Patriots fan, I was one of them. Why did we trade Jimmy Garoppolo? I thought he was going to fit great in the system. I thought Coach Belichick had a pretty good grasp on how to run an offense with Jimmy as the lead of the offense. And then, you know, we give up a second round pick for him, and now he's getting benched at halftime with the San Francisco 49ers just one season after he helps lead the team to a Super Bowl appearance uh yeah that that that's a mess right now i'm not sure what they're going to do with jimmy if he even sees the field the rest of the year to be very honest with you tonight it's on monday night football it's the chargers at the saints and uh we know um uh, herbert's been uh named as the permanent starter and he's he's doing okay i mean it's not like they're winning a lot of games necessarily with him but they've been competitive uh saints probably one of the more disappointing teams so far of the young season they're just two and two um, they are favored by seven in this one. They should win, but uh, Drew Brees uh, and that uh, Saints team kind of struggling a little bit to, to really be as dominant as we thought they were going to be coming into the year. Yeah, you know, and I'd like to see them get the, get the ball into Taysom Hill's hands more. I feel like Taysom Hill is the play creator for this team. He's the engine that gets them going. Uh, and if you, you want to, you know, if you want to put points on the board, if you want to get some juice in your offense, if you want to get some energy in your team, let Taysom Hill touch the ball more. Oh and if you do that, you will come away with a better record, and you won't be disappointing. Two and two is not horribly disappointing, but it's on, you know, in Seattle's terms with the roster they got, it's not great. And so, uh, again, Taysom Hill leading this offense, leading this team is going to get them wins and make them an NFC contender. Uh, okay. And then uh, we had a rare Tuesday night game in the NFL. Tuesday at 5 o'clock on CBS, the Bills and the Titans. I think this could be really an interesting game. It'll, they'll own the night uh, for um, for football, certainly. They'll have some baseball to contend with for viewership. But 
Uh, this is these are two undefeated teams squaring off against each other, and uh, I, I think this could be a really interesting showdown. Josh Allen has an opportunity to get uh, Buffalo to five and zero. Currently, Buffalo is favored by three and a half going into this one. Yeah, this is kind of a key signature game for Josh Allen. Really, uh, you know, he's, he's, this is a hefty defense led by Mike Rabel. Uh, Mike's a uh, a very defensive oriented coach. Played defense for the Dillian Patriots underneath Bill Belichick. Uh, and so, and, and again, this defense is, for the Titans, is really aggressive. They have an athletic defensive backfield. So this will be, I, I think, Allen's toughest test of the season, uh, to date. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. So, and, and by the way, we know we had a postponement of a game. Patriots Broncos get moved to next week. Um, Broncos are upset because they practice for a full week only to have the game canceled. Now it shifts bye weeks all the way around. In fact, Denver loses their bye week. Uh, it shifts other games around. Eric, I don't know if we can just keep doing this. I don't know how much longer we can keep doing this. I'm just moving games left and right. Well, it's a challenge. and you may ju- They may just have to cancel games instead of trying to make them up. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, all right, we've got to do this. We've got to call a timeout here in the full court press. When we come back, wrapping up the NBA season, it finally came to a conclusion last night in the bubble. And uh, for winning the NBA championship, the team gets to – leave Disney World. Usually you go to Disney World for winning something, but they actually get to go home now. And uh, we'll discuss the NBA championship and uh, the Lakers winning their 17th trophy, LeBron James winning his fourth NBA Finals MVP. We'll discuss that next in the Full Court Press. Hi, my name is Josh Watts, and for three generations, Preston Watts Collision Glass has taken care of all your collision and auto glass needs. Windshield replacement is just one of our specialties. We have certified technicians and the most competitive prices in the valley. We will waive up to $100 off your insurance deductible, give you free rock chip repairs, and to top it off, we'll wash your vehicle inside and out with your windshield replacement. Give us a call at 563-3215. At Preston Watts, we do it right. The best mornings begin with, not that. Okay, that's better. I was going to say, the best mornings begin with a magnificent breakfast, like two sausage McMuffin with egg sandwiches for $4. And to drink, get any size premium roast coffee or soft drink, like an icy Dr. Pepper for just a dollar more. In other words, the best mornings begin at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Horizons Beauty College loves having USU students in town. In fact, they offer 15% student discounts Tuesday through Thursday. They also offer senior and military discounts. The students at New Horizons Beauty College are trained in all the latest trends and techniques. Plus, New Horizons has great prices on the products to help you maintain that new look. All services performed by students and closely supervised by licensed instructors. New Horizons Beauty College, 550 North Main in Logan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Last couple of minutes with you here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. That's where you can find our our past episodes and also our interview that we had with Bodie Reeder, offensive coordinator for Utah State, if you missed it earlier this hour. 
Uh, last night, the Lakers win their 17th NBA championship. LeBron James earning his fourth NBA championship and his fourth NBA Finals MVP at the age of 35. Uh, this one last night, by and large, because of the Laker defense really clamping down, that second quarter was tremendous for the Lakers defensively and got things going offensively, put things away. Um, uh, you know, give a lot of credit to Miami for making this a series and Jimmy Butler, heart of a, of a warrior, but uh, LeBron James just too much and Anthony Davis certainly right there with him. Uh, Ajay, the debate now, is it too early to start discussing did, did LeBron leapfrog MJ if he wasn't already there as the greatest of all time? Uh, man, that's a great question. I, I wanted to ask you, you know, well, where do you stand on LeBron? Uh, you've heard me voice my opinion. Where do you stand on LeBron and MJ? What's, uh, what's your stance? Uh, you can't deny that this guy's been to 10, was it 10 or 9 NBA Finals now? Uh, I think it's 10 now, isn't it? <laughs> it's incredible. Four and six. Uh, how? Yeah, that's true. Four and six. Uh, how many different teams that he's he's taken there, how many times he's been to the finals. He's won it four times. Granted, MJ won it more times. MJ never had a game six in an NBA finals. Um, but I think you're sitting on the fence. Take a side. Uh, but, uh, but I think that Le- what LeBron has done, it, it just puts him a little bit ahead of MJ. I don't think it's a clear cut. But I think that it's like a dramatic difference. But I think that it does put LeBron ahead of MJ now. So many different teams, different eras, different people he's had to play with, but also different players he's had to play against to get there. Uh, uh, yeah, but listen, my man Piranhas, I love Piranhas. He, he always trips in on this conversation. He brings up the good deeds. Look, Michael Jordan went 6-0 and won six finals MVPs. He beat Magic Johnson and James Worthy in one, Clyde Drexler, uh, Charles Barkley in the Suns, uh, Gary Payton in the Sonics, and then, dude, he took a three, he took a break, and then won three in a row again. He took a break, played baseball, came back, and then won again. That's unreal. It, it is unreal. Uh, it is. It's a. It's a tall mountain to climb. But look what LeBron has done. Uh, he's had to go up against some Hall of Famers. First team guys, all NBA guys. Uh, his, his list is long as well. The, with players he's had to take down on his trip to, to get to that many finals and to win that many finals. And at his age, he's still playing elite basketball. Okay, look, that that's great. But again, I, I he is playing elite basketball, and I do agree that. I mean, he's taking guys like Javale McGee, uh, Matthew Teladova, uh, Mike Miller. All the win championships, right? But uh, the thing Smith, is, though, multiple yeah, times but now. Jay, yeah, yeah, J.R. Smith, who has been, who was drunk last night, who's been on weed before. But as Piranhas tells us, MJ never had to cry and beg for his respect like LeBron did last night in his post game interview. What a joke! Like you got respect, man. What are you talking about? Uh, well, there. When you're the best, people want to knock you and, and take you down. Um, but, so they did it to Michael, and he handled it well. Be a man. <laughs> uh, Michael should have never left the game like he did. Uh, if That's a real question with Michael Jordan. If he would have stuck around, could he have won more titles? Would it oh, have, my god! Would gosh. it have tarnished his legacy a little bit? But Dude, his he dad died. He couldn't his have, dad he died. He couldn't stay with it. He couldn't stay with it? His dad it. died. 
Do you know what he batted in, in minor league? Oh, dude, what, what's a, what? How long do we got left here? Uh, five seconds. We gotta go. Yeah, you better this hope it's five seconds because I'm telling you right now, if I had five more seconds of you. Good night, everybody.